You talking to me? After a few busy weeks at the theaters, kind of quiet, only one big Harry new release uh, this week and another smaller release to talk about. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from madwolf.com. Check it out, won't you, for all the written reviews of all the movies out and some some shenanigans here and there as well. <laughs> Hope you can check it out. But yeah, it's been busy. We've had a lot of new releases over the last few weeks, and of course, we had the fun of the Oscars. We did. And uh, lamenting over our one wrong pick. But we're past it. We're moving past that. And we've got the one big new release, and it is the latest Kong. This time it's Kong Skull Island. An uncharted island. Let me list all the ways you're going to die. Rain, heat, disease-carrying flies. And we haven't started on the things that want to eat you alive. Is that a monkey? He's God on the island. We don't belong here. But the devils live below us. I call them skull crawlers. Why? Because it sounds neat. Okay. Look, I just made that name up. I'm trying to scare you. Does it already feel like summer blockbuster season to you? This one made it feel like a summer blockbuster to me. This one had the feel of a Memorial Day weekend, you know, get your popcorn and let's just have some fun at the movies. Right. That's what it felt like to me. Absolutely. Uh, but here, this one's coming out even before St. Patrick's Day. And uh, to me, it was enjoyable because it had the feeling of a movie that knew its limitations. It was just going to throw everything at you, knowing that it's kind of a glorified B-movie on steroids, monster movie slash war movie, and we're just going to have some fun and go with it. We're not reinventing anything. We're not making some grand statement. We're just having some fun with yeah. some some monsters and some great visuals. But it's not like it's, you know, Independence Day 2 or anything. Oh, I mean, no, there's thankfully. A, there is a fun yeah. movie in here with some talent. There is some talent involved. Definitely are. There's, there's some talent in the direction, in the writing, in the cast. And uh, and this time you've got Skull Island, which is well, actually it's set back at the very end, 1973, the the very close of the Vietnam War. In fact, they just have the the tape of of Nixon announcing the withdrawal back in 73, and a I guess you'd call him a scientist, kind of government kind of an, guy, kind of an X Files yeah, sort of scientist, named a, a Jack Randa, played by John Goodman. Always great. Yes, feels that this is his best and last chance to get some government approval and some government funding to investigate this landmass, Skull Island, which has just is still uncharted territory. And it's they say it's always been hidden from maps because of constant electrical storms and magnetic interference. But they've got to look at it now, and they want to go in there and take a team, and they and he gets approval. And so you've got a military escort led by Sam Col- Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, Colonel Packard, and his men. And then you've got a, a grizzled adventurer that looks a lot like a dashing Englishman <laughs> uh, named, uh, named Jack Conrad, played by Tom Hiddleston. And then a photojournalist, and that and she is played by Brie Larson. So you've got this big team going in to map the island, to you know, look look over the island, discover what they can discover. And <laughs> John Goodman's character has a feeling of what they're going to discover. Nobody else does. Right. Just he's got he some does. ulterior motives to go in there. And of course he's not letting on. But they find out 
pretty darn quick. And and that's one of the things that makes the pace of this movie. It, it's it's a full two hours, but it doesn't feel it doesn't, like it. It doesn't. It, it runs, moves. It runs much quicker. Um, director Jordan Vote Roberts, who did a, a nice little movie a couple of years ago called The Kings of Summer. Yeah. Much less of a scale very very small indie yeah but enjoyable this time boy he like i said he gets gets it moving quickly because he's not shy about bringing kong out i mean it's early and it's often yep and then we're off to the races i mean once the uh helicopters go in to the to invade i guess you'd call it uh, skull island and that's the first of many references to Apocalypse Now. Oh, I mean, so many. I mean, in a really good way, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's very Apocalypse Now. I mean, you'll recognize a lot of movie references yeah. in this, mainly Apocalypse Now. You've got the first King Kong. You've got Saving Private Ryan. You've got uh, Godzilla. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Godzilla. There yeah. is, there's even some Miyazaki in here now and again. Yeah, yeah a little bit. So. They're barely uh, in the airspace of the island when Kong starts batting helicopters out of the sky, and we're off to the races. And uh, the survivors find out it's not just Kong they're dealing with. There's a bunch of monsters on this island, and there's also another pilot played by John C. Riley, who has been shipwrecked or has crash landed there in World War II and has been there ever since. And so he's got some tips on. He's great. He is great, and he, he's so fun. He's very fun and funny and grizzled and weird, yeah. and and he just brings. He's just a breath of fresh air in this movie. Yeah, he delivers a lot of the comic relief because there is a, a, a decent amount of humor in the mm-hmm. movie. That's the thing about this. They're able to balance humor and cheese and bombast and homage and war picture and creature feature and somehow able to also throw in a little bit of social commentary here and there. It's really um, kind of amazing that it all works as well as it does because they just throw everything at you and a, a lot of it sticks. To- yeah, and at the same time, like you said, they they don't take themselves that seriously. No. You know, I mean, they don't think they're making an Oscar contender here. It's uh, it, but but it's funny. It it would be a huge, I think, summer blockbuster contender. Yeah, that again, that's what it felt like. Now that you look at the team of writers, there's three main writers, and look at the some of the movies on their resumes. You've got good stuff like Nightcrawler. Oh, such a and great movie. Safety Not Guaranteed, yeah. and even Godzilla, the, God, last, the Godzilla. last Godzilla, mm-hmm. and even Jurassic. Classic world, which wasn't great, but had some moments. So I, they know what they're doing here, and as I said, they're able to get little bits of social commentary. I mean, you've got the the uh, man's inhumanity to nature kind of thread. Mm-hmm. You've got some anti-war sentiments, definitely. Definitely have some anti-war sentiments. I think one of the quotes is, "Sometimes you don't have enemies until you go looking for right. them." You know, but they don't. Then they just leave it. They yeah. make the point quickly and they leave it, and yep. they move on to the next thrill. And a lot of the computer graphics are thrilling. Yeah. They, they really are. The movie is not going to leave any kind of a mark. It's not gonna. It's something that you're gonna be thinking about. No, or why. it's just, not like Logan, where you're gonna find yourself weeping in the shower <laughs> later. No, but it's you're just gonna say, you know, that was fun. Yeah. And let's, you know, and yeah. you, it's it's. Well, I called it less filling, more thrilling. If I have a bone to pick with this film, though, and and you you touched on it briefly, and I really like Tom Hiddleston. I am a fan. He's, he's I miscast am a fan. here. He's wildly miscast. When they first introduce him, you know, the two scientists are looking through some back alley, you know, <laughs> bad neighborhood for the watering hole where this grizzled adventurer spends all of his days and nights. So you're like, no, he's been sipping tea. There's no way. <laughs> he's just, and he's a great guy. He's a very good actor. But the grizzled adventurer, he is not. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is it has, it, within the, 
team of characters. You've got some that stick to traditional cliches, and then other times they upend them. I thought one of the things that was interesting in that vein was that you've got Brie Larson, who's really one of the very few females uh, in the cast, and yes, they get her down to a tight tank top, but... she just about becomes... Faye Ray? Yeah, just about. Just about. And and I love the way they handle that. I love it. Yeah, I do too, but, but still, throughout the whole thing, it's clear the camera is objectifying and ogling Tom Hiddleston, which is a nice change Change of pace pace. because it's not what you expect, (laughs) but it's clear he he does nothing, but he doesn't stand ever. He poses in very unnatural look at me ways and, (laughs) you know, nothing against the guy. He's a a handsome man, but I mean, that was kind of a breath of fresh air and you don't expect that type of, I guess, nuance in in this type of movie Mm -hmm. because you keep expecting Brie Larson to be the quote-unquote sex object in the cast, and she's not. She's not treated that way. And as you said, the way they handle the the, the Fay Ray uh, winding up in Kong's grip, that way they handle that is nice. It is. I liked it very, very much. I liked The Last King Kong, the I one with Jack Black. And, uh, I did too. I, I really liked that movie. But yeah, I thought this one was incredibly enjoyable. Yeah. Just fun. It's just fun. Yeah. And I suppose, at least in, in both of our cases, it probably benefited from lower expectations. Sure. I mean, I know you didn't expect too much. I was a little no. bit hopeful and I was pleasantly even more more surprised than uh, than I thought I would be. It's just enjoyable because, as we said, they seem to know the limitations of what they're doing, and they're just going to go with it. Right. And I expected to do. I expected to do fairly well. And if you do go see oh, it, yes. stick it out. Do not leave before those trail before those credits are done rolling. No. Stick it out. Stick it out all the way because it's it's a scene that surprised me. I didn't think they were going to go where they went. But uh, you definitely want to stick it out because uh, I think it will get some people talking for sure. So a recommendation for uh, the fun of Kong Skull Island this week. And that's the really big, only big major release. Now, there is a smaller release that you saw that uh, didn't turn out too well. The Ottoman Lieutenant. This This is the third historical romance drama in as many weeks. And it is the least of the three. A couple of weeks ago, A United Kingdom came out flawed, but a good a good attempt, a great cast, a, a, a really great story, very relevant true story. Uh, and then we had Bitter Harvest. Yes, you know, good try. Didn't really <laughs> hit the mark. Then we have bottom the Ottoman Lieutenant. Bottom of the barrel, the Ottoman Lieutenant. So it's it's uh, almost World War One and a... Uh, anachronistic, gumption-laden girl of privilege from Philadelphia, though she sounds strangely Icelandic. <laughs> anyway, so she, she, you know, sidesteps her life of privilege, and she volunteers at a mission in Turkey, the cusp of World War One, and at the behest of a doctor played by the charis- charisma-free Josh Hartnett. Zero charisma. Zero charisma, Josh Hartnett. <laughs> And once there, she falls for Michael Huseman, who plays a Turkish uh, lieutenant. So the film is trying to make points about how Christians and Muslims really love the same God and can really get along and at the same time have kind of a Titanic Rose character. She is spunky and she knows what she wants, but a 
unfortunately, this woman can't act. So you don't, she's no Kate Winslet is what I'm saying. But the writing is so weak. And more than anything, um, given, given the area of the world where it situates itself, the context that it finds itself in, and the fact that the Armenian genocide, which happens literally months after this film's storyline closes, obviously is broiling in this area of the world while their romance never even mentioned. Nothing even comes up about it. I mean, it's it's the pocket of the world where the Armenian genocide happens is very, very small. And it is exactly where this film takes place. And the fact that they don't even mention it is offensive. Mm-hmm. It's offensive. And, and that's really the thing. It's not just a naive look at history. It is a revisionist look at history that I think that I think the filmmakers assume those who'd be interested in the story will never notice because it's just beautiful people falling in love. But that part of it is not done very well. It's like Nicholas Sparks in World War One. There's really nothing. There's no reason to see this movie. Well, you know what it could use was a giant ape. You know what? It could have. <laughs> so Kong Skull Island, by far the big recommendation this week. And you'll, you should have no problem finding it, I wouldn't <laughs> think. But you know what? Three great ones coming out on Blu-ray and DVD and streaming this week, led by a smaller movie, but it's really worth finding, especially if you like horror movies as we do. And it's called The Eyes of My Mother, and we love it. Love it. Oh, my God. It's a black and white film. Uh, the, the cinematography is so stunning, and it's so spare, this story about this lonesome girl Crazy things happen in her family. She winds up even more lonely years on, and and that's and it's really a study of of what how this affects her character, her person, in very horrifying ways. But the sound is so spare that every little sound you hear is amplified to the point of being just so distracting and yeah. and grotesque. And the same thing, what you don't see haunts you in a way that and you know, sometimes these, what you do see yeah. haunts you. It's a, it is a haunting film. It is. And it's it's a it's a scary movie. It's very unsettling. It's beautiful at the same time. Yeah. It it feels a bit like sort of the classic American horror of the 70s and at the same time it feels like nothing you've ever seen before. I love Eyes of My yeah. Mother. I loved love it. this movie. Loved it. But if you're squeamish, you might want to stay away because yeah, ask are, yourself. Are you yeah, squeamish? There are some scenes that uh <laughs> Will uh, make you uncomfortable, but yeah, we loved Eyes of My Mother. Another one, a great family film. Disney had a great year, and Moana was one of the reasons that they did. It was nominated for the uh, Best Animated Oscar. Didn't and, win it. And one of the songs, I think. That's right, and one of the songs. Didn't win either one, but still, very worth seeing. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's, it's just, you know, it's a nice change of pace from traditional Disney princess movies. It's not a traditional Disney princess movie. The Rock is a very fun character. Yeah, he plays, Dwayne Johnson. You know, yeah. And it's gorgeous. The whole, you know, when they're set on the ocean like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, you and I love Jemaine Clement. Jemaine. And he plays a gold-encrusted crab. He's hilarious. <laughs> the whole song that he sings is so awesome. So, yeah, I, it's a it's a really fun film. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good fun for the family. And uh, the other one out this week on DVD and Blu-ray and streaming is Jackie, the biopic of Jackie Kennedy Onassis, led by Natalie Portman in the title role. She was Oscar-nominated for her fantastic performance. So great. And it's directed by Pablo Lorraine, who also directed another biopic, Neruda, in the last few months. Both very good. And this one... It's so hypnotic in the way it takes a very legendary American figure and really deconstructs the entire movie biography genre and makes it so surreal at times and dreamlike. 
And, and 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 it suits the topic because it really zeroes in on just the few days surrounding yes. JFK's assassination. So yeah. as she's just swimming in grief and confusion, and 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 it really does a great job of capturing that. Yeah. And at the same time, using that time period to to cast a glance at everything you think you know about the Kennedys. Right. Exactly. And so many times in movie biographies uh, or historical biographies, the directors. And the writers will try to tell the entire story start to finish. And that's so often an unwise choice. It is. Well, for one thing, it overstuffs the movie. And the other thing, it makes it predictable. You're like, I've seen this every time. I've seen this a hundred times. Follows the same path. This does not follow the same path as anything else. Sometimes you can get so much more out of it by focusing in on just a certain time period. And uh, that's what they do here, as you said. It just focuses in on right around the time of JFK's assassination. And it helps because... What we already know, of course, about how the rest of her life turned out, right. we come to it with a certain amount of knowledge that maybe we have to doubt at certain times. Then you see when she is putting up a front for the public, what they want to see, right. what she thinks she, the kind of a persona she thinks she has to project. And other times when she lets her guard down and she gets a lot more jaded and a lot more cynical about the life she has entered into and now has to accept for the rest of her life and 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 guard her children. Natalie Portman is great. Billy Crudup also really good in a fairly small role. Really good. Yeah, he plays a journalist and we learn a lot from the one-on-one interview that they do together so yeah it's very it's it's fascinating it's hypnotic it's, it looks great it's so looks the colors fantastic. and, and yeah. framing is gorgeous film yeah so definitely would recommend jackie as well if you can get to it this week uh and next week we're looking forward to one big one and one small one but boy we're looking forward to that small one uh of course the big one next week is beauty and the beast live action retelling of the disney story starring emma watson has gotten a lot of headlines here in the last few weeks because they have an openly gay character uh, in this movie, and that has caused some backlash. And I was like, really? Are we still doing that? But they are. So um, Beauty and the Beast is a big one, and also one that we're looking forward to because it's a thriller, a horror movie. It's called The Belco Experiment. And we're super excited about it for a lot of reasons. A great cast, a creepy premise, but here's the, here's the reason that we love it the most. It was directed by Greg McLean, who directed... Wolf, Wolf Creek, Creek, which we love, and it was written by James Gunn. Now, James yeah. Gunn, we love primarily because he wrote Slither, which is one of our favorite creature <laughs> features, but you may know him better as the writer-director of Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy. Galaxy. That little thing. So we look forward to talking about those. But uh, the big one, Kong Skull Island this week. So if you saw it, if you're looking forward to it, let us know what you think. Easiest way to uh, keep the conversation going with us is on Twitter, and that is at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F on Facebook. You can find us at Mad Wolf Columbus. And uh, MadWolf.com, the main website, all the written reviews of all the movies. Uh, you can find them easily there. And the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. So we look forward to uh, talking about those upcoming movies with you next week. And until then, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Mad. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner.